With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Talk and Smart with Hugh. And I am McCart. Um, Joe, you're shattered, mate. You're tired. You come off a train all the way from Birmingham. You've done the tube system through London. You finally got home. As soon as you come through the front door, you don't a call to me. Well. I, I was feeling a bit sorry for myself, but did, you did help me put it in perspective. We can't complain about the job we do because we do love it. But I did just come back off the train from Birmingham. A fantastic next-gen show. I think it was probably one of the best ones I've been to. Um, and even seen on the telly. I think Eddie and Frank both said it was one of the best ones. I don't know if you saw it, mate, but there were some cracking fights on there. No, I listen, Eddie and Frank were right, man, because that is the type of show that... I like man. It was it was almost like fifty fifty. There was knockouts, good knockouts, solid knockouts, yeah. knockdowns, fight of the years, and um, prospects coming through and whatnot. And that's what you like to see. Like I, 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 before we touch on Eddie, well, you know what? We'll start on Eddie's show then, since we're, we're there yeah. and you were there last night, and then we'll touch on Frank's show on the Friday night from York Hall. Um, for both of the Frank and Eddie, it was a chance to show some of the up and coming, maybe future stars of British boxing. And you know what? I like. What Ed, the card that Eddie put on last night? I really, really did. I like the look of Aaron Bowen. I think he's a very, very fan-friendly fighter. When he steps up to a guy that's going to come with a little bit more ambition, uh, I think we're going to see he's going to be in fight. He reminds me of maybe a little bit of a Carl Froch type fighter, if yeah. that makes sense. He reminds me like that. Then you've got obviously Muhammad Ali, is a silky, silky fighter. I'm looking forward to watching him progress. You've got Sam Jones fighter in Khalil Majid. You've got Galal Yafai. He's obviously a future world champion in the making. And then obviously the fight of the, probably a fight of the year right now is Cyrus Patterson and Conor Walker last night. I mean, what an absolute war that was. And uh, yeah, listen, I watched it on TV, but you were there in amongst it all, interviews and atmosphere. So Joe, just just break it down for me. Yeah, first of all, from the before the bell, I want to mention Aaron Bowen because I think that body shot was phenomenal mm-hmm. that he landed in the second round. I've been really impressed with his progression since uh, since he turned pro. I've covered every one of his fights and really nice guy, a good team behind him. I think he's going to go far. Then the main card opened with the rematch between Jordan Flynn and Kane Baker, mm-hmm. which... Uh, was quite funny in the build-up. Um, Jordan's definitely a character, but I think the whole of the crowd there was behind Kane Baker, a little bit of a hometown hero, mm-hmm. usually the one doing the travelling, so it was nice to see him have a little bit of a homecoming. And it was a really good fight, really good. They picked up where they left off from their cracker of a first one. Ended up being a draw. Frank Smith t- spoke to me after. He thinks there'll be a trilogy fight there. Uh, I think... 
Jordan really needs to come away with a satisfying win if he wants to put this kind of little mini feud to bed. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on to uh, who was it next? Uh, it was too, it was too crazy for me last night. Um, Glow your face, Sol Dakers. Sol Dakers, yeah. Then yeah, Sol Dakers. Uh, Sol Dakers, good solid rounds. Really, really tough southpaw. But Cyrus Patterson, Connor Walker stole the night. That's why my mind's hazy because everything just led to that. I was saying all week, don't sleep on Connor Walker. Connor Walker's a really, really tough fighter and a really lovely lad. Known him for a few years now, and he was so relaxed mm. as he got into the arena just walking around like it was a normal day. You'd never know he was fighting in about an hour to 90 minutes time. Walked past his changing room and there was just music. I thought there was a rave going on in there. And then comes to the ring, shock knocked down, and then they just go at it. Hell for leather. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Richardson was in the arena. They was going to announce Cyrus Patterson versus Lewis Richardson in the ring after the show. Um, so that's clearly not happening now. I think there still will be a matchroom show in the northeast. I'm hearing, but I don't think Cyrus Patterson will be on that card. It's a tough loss to take that, and it'll be interesting to see where he come from that. But what did you think of Connor Walker's performance against Cyrus Patterson, Andy? Brilliant, brilliant, and uh, especially Cyrus Patterson. I thought I was up in the northeast, well, southwest. To where I'm looking from in Scotland. I was up in the northeast England uh, when he fought yeah, Chris Jenkins, and that was another battle that he was, it was just toe to toe against Chris Jenkins. He got the win in that one. And then last night, I was, when I was watching it progress the fight, I was like, here we go again, another fight of the year. Um, but I don't think Cyrus can have too many more of them fights if he wants to continue. I think that's only his seventh pro fight. Um, but you know what I mean? That's too total mm. battles he's gone in and that that's just a recipe for a short career do you know what mm. i mean so um but it's the way he fights though he likes to come in close he likes to roll inside the pocket he, he always wants to stay in the oven if that makes he want, I, I joe mcnally uh, basically taught me that saying in the oven he likes to stay in the oven so he likes to be there in the pocket throwing shots and rolling yeah. and and i think that's it's, it's for us watching on tv or in the arena we're on the edge of our seats. We love it. But for Cyrus, it's one of them ones where it's like you can't take too many. But Connor Walker, I mean, that's a huge scalp. I think he's only had two losses on his on his record and they've all been, it was a majority decision. And he's always, he's been there or thereabouts. So this is a huge yeah, scalp. But was that, sorry? Both decisions, both of his losses. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've been very, very close. And now he's sort of jumped onto the platform of the zone and Eddie and he's he's went in a, a fight of the year contender in Cyrus and got the win. Three knockdowns and a corner pull out. I mean what who do you match him with man? Like I say, he he's in that welterweight division where it's it's a decent, decent division to be in, especially domestically. I mean you've got guys like uh Connor Ben if he comes back, S Usman, Michael McKinson, Chris Congo You've got uh, the, 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 the Albanian king, Marku. Florian Marku, yeah. Yeah, Florian Marku. Um, so you've got all these good, good, good fighters. Lewis Crocker, who's training up in Edinburgh now, uh, up in uh, Scotland, sorry. Lewis Crocker uh, from Belfast. He's a great addition to the to the welterweight division as well. So it's a, it's a tasty division with bangers in it and fan-friendly style. So I actually love that fight. But like I say, well done to Connor, But Cyrus, I think... Mm. 
he needs to, he needs to, as, as much as I love his style and I want to see another fight like that. I mean, he's only seven fights in. I think he needs to, I don't know, approach, I, I just, he just needs to not get to torn into these battles where it's just yeah. inside the pocket, in the oven and just bang, 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 bang. But like I say, we enjoy it and that's why we love the sport. But for Cyrus, man, that's two fights I've seen him in and it's been toe-to-toe battles inside the pocket, ready to rock. But uh, yeah, what a fight, mate. And I, you, must, you must have been on the edge of your seat watching that. Oh, I certainly was. I think I was backstage for the first two rounds and you only needed to hear the roar of the crowd to, mm-hmm. to see that you needed to be running out there. I watched it with a few of the matchroom guys. It was just unbelievable. The crowd were going wild and just fair play, Connor Walker. As I said before, lovely lad. And I think he said on the matchroom interview after that he's now got a two-fight deal with matchroom. Yeah, so good. it just shows that one little opportunity, if you take that, then it is life-changing. And that is what we do love about boxing. But we will move to the main event, Galawi Afai. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. It was a statement performance. And I think it does show that he is level, if not multiple levels, above domestic, maybe even European. We need to see him in against some world contenders now. And that just shows his credentials as a contender. And Eddie said, Quadras, Rungvisai, they are like the bracket underneath some serious, serious world champions. These aren't just kind of world champions that have been given the belt. In his weight division, it's world champions by merit. Rungvisai, former unified world champion. If we have that fight and he comes through then, then we've got some serious problems in this flyweight division. The thing is, well, the flyweight division, the good thing, well, not the good thing, but the, well, I suppose it is, is there's not that many of them, okay? Even though it's a talented, talented pool of talent with the Sonny Edwards and the Jesse Bodgesses and the Dalekians from uh, the Ukraine and all them guys and the guys that you just mentioned there, it's not a deep pool of talent. Do you know what I mean? But um, So maybe his next fight, he can get that fringe world-level opponent. You know, and I can't see why not because, like I say, that flyweight, super flyweight divisions, there's, there's, there's bangers in there. You got Sonny Edwards fighting for a unified to unify against Je- Jesse Vargas in December. You've got Roman Gonzalez. I don't know if Estrada's still floating about the, those weight divisions as well. One, uh, uh, so it's Felix Alvarado is a dangerous hard hitter as well. Who Sonny Edwards has beat before. So it's, uh, I mean, it's where do you go with them? You, I suppose you can drop them right in the mix of it right now. And I can't see why not, because he has got the, the, the amateur pedigree. His first fight as a pro was a 10-rounder. Do you know what I mean? And he, So, he's, he, what is he, 5-0 now? 4-0? 5-0? I think he's 5-0. I think five he's 5-0 um, Yeah, I think he's ready for that world, fringe world level. Maybe some one of the old guard that maybe... Who's, who are like leaving this... Not leaving the spot, but I've done been there, said it and done it. Maybe like a... Maybe not, not a Chocolatito. I don't think a Chocolatito would be a oh, no. smart move. Definitely not. But do you know them type of fighters that Chocolatito is uh, maybe on a, a wee bit on a little bit and are ready? It's just, he's just, he's there. He's there or thereabouts. And I just think that, again, I, I'm struggling because I, I, as long as I know the fly, the guys at the top of this, this the flyweight, the super flyweight division, but I don't know who there is there or thereabouts that you can put in where people will go, oh, that's a fight. Do you know what I mean? I think Rungvazai. I think Rungvazai yeah, is the perfect yeah, one. Yeah, the, the, because, hey, the Thai boy. He's, he's, he's been in there in wars with Estrada, uh, Chocolatito, and 
he's probably slightly on the decline now, but he has one thing that Galal doesn't have, and that is paramount of experience mm-hmm. um, in Former the pro champion. game. Mm-hmm. Former world champion, and at one point was in a contention for the pound for pound list. So he knows he's been in there, but he probably isn't at the best of his game anymore. So that's a really good measuring stick, and I'd love to see that fight happen if I had the choice. Yeah, I think you're probably right there, Joe, to be honest. Uh, I was I seen Monk Fafai against Roman Gonzalez at Madison Square Garden in 2017. Um, yeah. And that's when he beat Roman Gonzalez, dropped the title. Uh, and everyone was shocked by it, including me. Um, that was actually one of my first jobs for IFL in 2017, believe it or not. So, yeah, it's yeah. I think that was a, that's a very good shout, to be honest with you. And I think uh, Galal will come through that. But I just think that that especially being a southpaw down at that weight, and he he can clearly bang down at that weight. So, and that that, that just uh, adds it to if he can go on and beat that French world level. Sonny Edwards is there. I mean, we all like a British dust up, whether it be for a British title, whether it be for a like, southern area and or a world title. We just love two Brits going at it because it's just it just it just, it just breeds fireworks. I just like it. I just love it. And I think who knows in the future? I know Sonny Edwards is way up there now. He's Stardom fighting the best, and Galau still got to climb his way up, but he does have that amateur pedigree to fall back on and to maybe propel him a little bit quicker than most. So, yeah, Galau, you, your fight is definitely one to watch, and I think he's definitely a future world champion in the making. He's definitely going to be 100%. And it was only in, I think, about 2018, 2019, we were speaking about Cal Yafai versus Charlie mm. Edwards, and that fight never happened. Last night, when speaking to Galau, when speaking to Eddie, I think everyone knows that that's a potential super fight and it's very rare we get an all-British super fight mm-hmm. in those lighter divisions. So it has to be made if they both get world titles. If Sonny comes from that band fight, even if he doesn't come through that band fight, he's still going to have a very, very high stock and that will be a really good fight. I don't know if you saw it um, or heard about it. There was a little bit of a scuffle or something that happened in the crowd last night with uh, Galau's friends or family. No one quite knows what happened, but... Yeah, I, I weren't there for that. I've just heard. I think a phone was smashed or something. So there, right. there is a little bit of needle there. But hopefully, hopefully, between we the, will... Go on. Between, between who, sorry? A needle between... I, no one quite knows. From We was all trying to figure it out, but I think it was Galau's friends. And apparently it was over a bet. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. All right, OK. I'll need to try and look on Twitter for that one then. Yes. <laughs> Yes, have a look, have a look, mate, because we were none the wiser. We were all very confused last night. We were asking about, but we do need to get to the bottom of that one. But we shall move on to Friday. Friday night, yes. And Ina Baluta, what another fight. A fantastic fight. Listen, but people forget, Dennis McCann's only 22 years old. 22 Mm. years old, he's still learning. Coming of age fight, I think. Yeah, that's definitely coming. Fighters need to go for that adversity. You need to go through the cut. Because if you go go playing sailing, you need to... See how a fighter reacts to these, these, these cuts and things not going their way, the knockdowns, and see if they can pick themselves up, the corner work and whatnot. So that was definitely a coming coming of age fight against Baluta, who, by the way, I took some scalps. Do you know what I mean? He beat Andrew Kane in his last fight. Um, I was at the McConnell. He, he, he got majority. De- he lost a majority decision to McConnell. Yeah. A little while ago, I was at when he beat TJ Duhenny in Dubai. Um, who was a former world champion, IBF world yeah. champion, TJ. Uh, David Oliver Joyce is beat. He got beat by Liam Davis by decision. So, do you know what I, I think mean? he beat Brad Foster as well. Yes, he beat Brad Foster as well, yeah. And uh, do you know 
you know what I mean? And Dennis is only 22 years of age, and we've got to remember that. And like I say, Balut has been there, done it. He's took a few scalps. He's fought world champions and beat them in TJ Dehenny. He's beat guys that fought for world titles and elite amateurs in uh, Mick Conlon. Uh, not beat Mick Conlon, but he's, he's uh, gave Mick Conlon a great fight and mm. hit that out uh, So, well done to Dennis McCann. I mean, it was a technical draw, um, which... Somebody somebody said to me that the last round was at the uh, was it the eighth round I think it was uh, the last round of eight oh, no, yeah yeah well, the ninth was a ten ten two judges scored at a ten ten which okay. I thought we could have you could have gave it to Baluta do you know what yeah. I mean yeah I think that was his, uh, he he won that last round that, and then he done the count back and it was a draw but if they, if they had gave it to Baluta that last round then obviously he would have won the fight but listen technical draw is a uh, it was, and I think Dennis would. I want to see the rematch, probably. I think Dennis will probably yeah. want to do it again and go for that again because, like I say, Baluta's only lost against elite, elite guys on very, very, very good fighters. And uh, yeah, so fair play to Dennis McCann, twenty-two years old, and taking on a guy like that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, look. Dennis is one that you're going to struggle to hold back. His toughest fight to date was probably Joe Ham. Big step up in Iron at Baluta. And he's shown more than anything that he's got the minerals to step in with some heavy hitters. Come for adversity. He didn't get the win. But I think in a rematch, he'll learn from that. Yep. And I think he'll make the right adaptations with Al Smith in that gym. They, they all work very hard. They're fantastic tacticians. And that's probably what he needed. A little mm. bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. Just to see, this is the pro game. Because it's kind of gone all his own way up to now, so hopefully this can benefit him, and we get to see a much much better Dennis McCann. And Dennis McCann was already a fantastic prospect, so I'm very excited by the prospect of seeing a new Dennis McCann whenever that face has healed up, because his face was covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Mm. A 22 year old who was only 14, 15 uh, fights in his pro career to go through that adversity and still want to fight on and still want to throw punches with a guy as dangerous as Baluta, man. That, that just stands going to stand him in good stead going forward because he's still got maybe 10, 12 years left of this career to go, all going well. Oh. So, um, yeah, I think he's a talented fighter, an exciting fighter to watch, and I'm buzzing for him. But I'm going to do a big, massive segue to one of my countrymen, a fighter that I'm very, very excited about, uh, who's flying under the radar, probably doesn't, like I say, I'm, I'm going to say it, we don't get much coverage up here as jocks, but hey, it is what it is, but we've got some good fighters up here. Nathaniel Collins. Uh, yes. 
He's in a featherweight division right now, which is my favorite division. I absolutely love the featherweight division. I yeah. love everyone in it. They're just they're playing hot potato with these world titles. There's been so many, I think four WBC champions, four WBA, three IBF champions in the last 18 months or whatever it is. Somebody's I seen something like that on Instagram. So they're fighting each other. And we've got Josh Warrington and, and uh Lee Wood looking to look forward to as well. You've got absolutely fantastic fighters up and down the up and down the division. And Nathaniel Collins is there or thereabouts. I'm telling you right now, he's British Commonwealth champion. All right. He can bang. He's proven that in his last four or five fights, but the Jacob Robinson fight, he can, he, he's got knockout power. Body and head. He, he stopped James Beach to the body. He stopped Raza Hamza, over, I think it was a, a coming over with a right hook um, in the very first round. Uh, he's just, he's southpaw. He's exciting. And like I say, he's he's compact. He's a solid little fighter, man. He lives in the gym, lives the life, and he's one to watch out for in this featherweight division. I mean, like I say, that you've got Brandon Figueroa, you've got Lee Wood, you've got Josh Warrington, you've got Lopez, Vargas, Lara, uh, Mark McZayo. You've got loads of fighters in that division at world level. I'm not saying uh, Nathaniel's there yet, but he'll get there. Yeah, and I will be completely honest. Before the James Beaks Jr. fight, I think it was, which was before the Raza Hamza fight, I hadn't really heard of Nathaniel Collins. I'd heard the name, but I wasn't very familiar. And I've been extremely impressed by him. And he certainly made a statement performance now with Queensbury. And I think the fight to make, in my opinion, is one that could be done easily in-house and kind of can be kind of can be an eliminator to that world scene is the Nick Ball fight, I mm-hmm. think. And I, I think Star Wars would be very interesting, the small guy versus the tall guy. Mm, but that, that's the thing. Nick Ball's tiny, but Nathaniel's yes. not that. He, he's, he's taller than Nick Ball, obviously, but mm. they're both solid. Do you yes. know what I mean? They're both little, ah, little, little, ah, little card cases. What's that? Yeah. Little pit bulls, mate. Little pit bulls, that's a great, yeah. They're just little strong, broad shoulders, strong back, and they, both of them can whack. Both of them pack a punch, and you've got the off adults against the southpaw, so the backhand's going to be there for the pair of them. They, they both like to come forward, although I know that uh, Nathaniel can box off the back foot, and I've yet to see Nick Ball box off the back foot. I mean, he probably, listen, he, his style is come forward, I'm going to eat you up type of style, but he's also um, he's also a boxer as well, so I, I can imagine with the gym that he's in down that, that uh down in Liverpool, I'm sure he can box off the back foot as well. So that is a fight. I'm sure as well that that fight was made or was talked about last year. They were talking about that fight because okay. who doesn't want to be a British champion and a Commonwealth yeah. champion? Nathaniel's got both of those belts. Unless you're at that world level, unless you're uh, Lee Wood and Josh Wellington, um, you're going to want... Those are the two belts that you want if you're a British mm. fighter. So, like you say, both in-house, both Frank one makes total sense to me. And... Uh, Excuse me, I've just drunk a cup of tea and it's too hot. It's been down the wrong hole. So I'm burping here. Uh, yeah, I'm buzzing for Nathaniel Collins. He's definitely one to, to to look out for. And he's exciting. He's not scared to get stuck in as well. So remember the name Nathaniel Collins. He's in a division, which is my favourite division right now, in a featherweight division. So it's going to be an exciting time watching him uh, develop. It certainly is, mate. And I'm, I'll, hopefully we get to see a bit of activity from him. And now he's got the platform... I think more people will start to take notice of him, especially mm. if he keeps performing like he did against Raza Hamza on Friday night. Mm. Well, listen, let's do another hard segue because next week I want to talk about it because we will talk about after the fight, but let's preview it. Um, yes. 
Alexander Usyk defends four of his world titles, IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO. Um, I'm hoping I've got yeah. that right. Uh, that yeah, uh, against uh, Daniel Dubois in Poland. Uh, yeah, a lot of people probably look at this fight and not giving Daniel um, a chance to, to to beat him. But let's not let's not forget. Okay, Daniel Dubois nineteen and one, uh, and I think he's knocked out seventeen, eighteen of his of of those of those wins. So, um, listen, if Daniel lands clean. And I'm saying, you've got to catch though, Usyk. You've got to catch him, right? But if if the power that Daniel Dubois has, um, he's got a chance. I'm not saying it's a big chance, all right? Because I'm probably on that boat now where Usyk's just that he's a heavyweight that can. He's got that lateral movement. A lot of heavyweights yeah. don't have this lateral movement, and he can stay on his feet for the whole twelve rounds as a heavyweight as well. So. It's going to be hard to catch Usyk, but like I say, he's got that puncher's chance, especially in that heavyweight division. Look, on Tuesday, I went to see Daniel Dubois and his media workout, and you don't usually take much from these media workouts, but I think this is the most impressed I've ever been by a workout. Hmm. What he was doing with Don Charles, he was like getting really in close and rough. It was hmm. it was very strange. I've never seen it certainly in a media workout before, of what we see on Fight Week and what you would be showing to the media. And I did say to Daniel, is that a little taste of what we're expecting? He was like, certainly. Don has taught me in the small amount of time they've been working together for about 16 weeks now. Don's taught him the tricks of the trade, how to quickly stick a little elbow in, just to be a bit dirty, because he's mm. going to need to be a bit dirty. He's going to need to put... Alexander Usyk into an uncomfortable situation which is going to force him to make a mistake where Daniel Dubois can land that huge punch we know he has. Yeah. That's the only way he's going to win. Yeah. And from what I saw on Tuesday, it looks like he knows that. He's mm. very relaxed. He's in a very good space, I believe, Daniel Dubois. So I'm very, very intrigued by this fight on Saturday night. And the atmosphere, by the way, is going to be absolutely amazing in Poland I think there's going to be about 40,000 Ukrainians there with everything that's going on in the world Usyk's like a national hero mm. and not only that we've got Hamza Shiraz is going up against an unbeaten mm. Ukrainian Olympian so it's, good. It's, it's a big night it's a really big night for British boxing it's a big night for Ukrainian boxing and most importantly it's another piece on the huge heavyweight chessboard being moved on Saturday night. I think uh, if if you're looking ahead, if you look, if you're a boxing fan looking ahead to Saudi January and all the mega fights that they're talking about, they're probably sitting there thinking Usyk needs to win. He needs to win to keep alive the 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 Tyson Fury fight, the fight that we want to see. But listen, Daniel can put a, a spanner in the works here, and he could be the one on that plane to, to Saudi Arabia for that mega money. Uh, probably but easier just, to make as well. Exactly. It will be a lot easier to make, as you well know, because Frank won in Tyson. So, I mean, they keep it in-house in that sense. But the thing what Usyk's got, right, he, uh, Daniel Dubois fought that, was it Kevin Lerena? Um, went down twice in the first round, southpaw. Not a big heavyweight Lerena, he's not massive. Um, Usyk has shown that he can wobble big heavyweights. Uh, Joshua, I think he wobbled him in the first round when he came over where I left. Uh, sort of like a looping left hand. Um, I think with the way that Usyk is going to approach this fight is obviously his the way he his jab his jab jab to the body looping left hand over the top. 
But I think if anyone's gave you the a blueprint, so to speak, it was Joshua in the ninth round in the second fight. Yeah, it's on his chest. If you have him on, if you have him against the ropes, lean on him, smother him, just hit his arms, hit his elbows, hit his rib cage, hit his whatever you can, just hit everything. Um, but be smart about it, obviously, because Usyk has just got his boxing IQ second to none, and I don't think he's going. He'll, he'll stay in the ropes too long. But once you do have him there, it's time to go to work mm. and try and take his legs away from him. Because if you can take his legs away, because twelve rounds is a long time, especially if you're eighteen stone trying to bounce around the ring for twelve rounds, it's it's difficult. So if Dan, you can take his legs away, keep keep peppering at that body. If you have, if you do manage to get him against the ropes, go to work, right. And zap his energy, and I think that's uh, the best way to to beat Usyk. But it's Usyk. Come on, his boxing yeah. IQ is just phenomenal. And I'm saying take his legs away, but I mean that man is super fit. He can probably do 24 rounds. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be a tough ask for Daniel. But um, like I say, if we've seen anything, Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, Andrew Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, more recently. We've seen these upsets happen where people are not these heavyweight guys who have came in and they've been given no chance and then they've just had that puncher's chance because they're big men. There's 18, 19 stone behind one of their punches. So every every heavyweight's got a chance. And uh, as small as a chance it may be for Daniel, he still has it. Yeah, and I think we all need to get behind him as well because it's a brick going abroad to try and win those world titles. And... Don Charles made a very good point in the week. He said that the last two times those three belts have been taken away have been on enemy territory, if you like, because Tyson Fury, all three of them belts, went to Germany. Mm -hmm. Usyk, all three of them belts, come over to London. Things come in free. Things do come in free. So we may get Daniel Dubois. I'd love it to happen just from the British biased in me. But mm. yeah, let's get behind Daniel Dubois, TNT Sports, box office. And maybe, just maybe, we could see a new unified world champion from the UK. Yes, yeah, well, quickly before I let you go, Joe, because I know you've got the West yes. Ham game and Celtic have just kicked off as well. So I want to go and watch them. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Joe Rogan podcast, but Terence Crawford was on there. And he basically admitted on the Joe Rogan podcast that he's willing to go up to 168 to face Canelo. And he sort of said, can you imagine it? A, a guy stepping up three weight divisions to become a three-time undisputed champion against somebody like Canelo. Um, I mean, can you imagine that, mate? I mean, what a fight that would be because I've been around Canelo. I've interviewed Canelo and I've interviewed Terence Crawford. Now, they're the same height. Or Terence Crawford might just be a little bit taller. I mean, Canelo's got the big back and the shoulders and he's got thicker legs, obviously. He fills into 168 quite nicely. I don't know how Terence Crawford can get there, but yeah, how mouth-watering is that, Joe? It's mouth-watering, but unrealistic, I think. Um, to be honest, I'm going to be very honest. I can't see that happening. It's kind of too much of a risk for, for Canelo now to take that fight, I think. Oh, he can't get beaten by a 147-pounder, can he? And the, in his mind. So I'd love it to happen. Don't get me wrong. I would love it to happen. I think Terence Crawford would love it to happen because you talk about legacy defining fights. And if the Errol Spence weren't that already, Canelo certainly would be. But I'd just love to see Terence Crawford stay on the path and try and become a freeway undisputed champion. I know he could do that, but 
let's keep it in order. Let, hey, let's keep it in order and just uh, stick to one five four. And then maybe, maybe one day we could think about it. About it. Well, listen, if Charlo wins, we know the beef that they two have. We're just assuming that Canelo is going to win this fight. If Charlo wins at one sixty eight, Charlo sure... wins different story. Yeah, that's what I mean. If Charlo wins, it's a different story. But like you say, Canelo's. I'm sure where he is right now, he's on that. He's on that sort of trajectory now where his career's mapped out. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a bit of be this fight. He's going to fight guy. He wants the Bivol rematch. Um, he probably wants to go up to light heavyweight and come undisputed up there as well, which is probably unheard of. But um, fair play to him and Can- uh, Crawford because Canelo and Crawford, are, uh, they're the same sort of... They're cut from the same cloth. They weren't yeah, they to step up multiple weight divisions to fight the champions and give up pounds and whatnot, but fair play to them. But um, yeah, your next week we're gonna we're gonna obviously talk about the winner of Usyk and Daniel Dubois. So yes, it's an exciting fight in heavyweight division. We all love a heavyweight fight, but like I said, you've got to put some water on your face, splash some cold water on your face, brush that hair, and you're gonna go back into London yep. to watch the Hammers, mate. So straight back into London, West Ham, Chelsea, t- tough ask today, but uh, hopefully first game back at the London Stadium. I'm looking forward to it, mate. I said enjoy it, mate, and uh, let's now catch up with you next week. Certainly. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Make sure they like, share, and subscribe. Talk Spark with Pure McCart, mate. Here you go. Cheers, Joe. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.